0: Okay, so welcome back to Gray Area. My name is Luca, and today I'm very happy to welcome Rybo to the show. Um, So how are you doing? How are you you feeling today?
1: I'm doing good, man. Finally uh, out of this COVID and a little post-op here. So feeling good. How about you? Yeah, not
0: too bad. Thank you. Yeah, no, happy to uh, have the opportunity to speak to you today for sure. Lots yeah. of questions I'm uh, looking forward to asking you. Most of them are all based around uh, origin story type stuff. So, um, so yeah, let's just, let's just get right into it. Um, think it- so thinking back to childhood, um, were you a musical child or did you kind of gravitate towards music uh, later in life?
1: Oh. Um, no, I was always pretty musical. I grew up with uh, a, piano in the house Um, of course I didn't get the lessons my sister did instead (laughs) which I wish I took them as like a toddler that would have been great but I got a guitar when I was maybe about 12 years old I only took one lesson and then learned how to read tabs and from there on I taught myself how to play guitar would always noodle around on the piano down in the living room um, and then I had a bunch of neighbors or a couple neighbors, maybe two or three that uh, they had a. one of them in particular had a drum set in their garage. I'd bring my guitar over there and we'd just jam out some like horrible Black Sabbath or something like that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, basically, I've always been pretty musical, um, not like as like genius musical like just hear a song and play it or anything like that but um yeah I've always had fun uh I, I mostly found fun in it really instead of like someone breathing down my neck like okay you gotta go to piano lessons and so yeah yeah I've always been pretty musical cool very cool and and
0: when it comes to dance music mm-hmm. um when did you first start loving dance music roughly so when probably
1: was not till uh like 16 17 i started getting into it I maybe got a cd from a friend that stayed in my car i was like oh okay and i remember listening to some dance music driving around when i was like 16 i was like how the hell do they make this like it's it's not conventional instruments and like i was just like kind of flabbergasted by how they make these electrical sounds and stuff and I kind of did some research and saw it as all like synthesizers and drum machines and computers and at the time my sister was in college I was still in high school and she had a a MacBook and I got into GarageBand and I started noodling around on there and was like oh so this is how you can make a electronic beat with the computer, and so that's kind of how it really like sparked my interest in dance music.
0: Okay, yeah, um, and um, and I remember you, so so you're mentioning about these first CDs you had and dance music uh-huh. stuff like that. Um, can you remember the first uh, producers? And
1: Daft Punk, that you said, Daft Punk, yeah, Daft Punk around the world was was like the number one track on this one CD my buddy left in there, and you pop it in, just around the world, around the world. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely, and then also like Sandstorm, of course, you know, (laughs) just like all that, or Zombie Nation, just the that uh, you know '90s real famous uh electronic dance music really mm-hmm. yeah no i'm the same particularly when it comes to daft punk i i completely yeah.
0: agree It's one of the old time 100%. that never gets old definitely yeah.
1: yeah like when i'm bored sometimes i'll go on youtube and just watch some of their old music videos and stuff and it's just so timeless Hmm. yeah yeah and
0: no, i completely agree um cool and and when it comes to uh you know dreaming about pursuing music Mm full-time um can you remember when you first started doing that when did you first start dreaming about pursuing
1: music full-time probably after going to like my first rave maybe um I I went to I think it was 2008 yeah like right when I turned 18 um and I remember coming back to (laughs) <laughs> a buddy's house after going to the rave and like going to sleep and just like thinking about him being like man I think I could do this I think I could make some uh some dance music and you know like start DJing well, actually at that time I was already messing around with the uh, I think Serato at the time my buddy had it and uh I I did not get get it at all and it was just like a whole foreign language to me but um definitely after that first rave i just thought to myself i was like hmm maybe maybe i should just give it give this a go and basically that's what i did i i at the time i was making mostly hip-hop beats for friends to rap on and um i switched over and tried making some dance music then and uh basically from there on like i I, like you said when the dream started that's kind of when when it happened for me hey very cool um
0: and when it comes to like other careers did you ever did you ever consider pursuing any other careers or was it always was it always kind of tunnel vision dance music
1: At, at that time right after high school I was working construction okay and I grew up my dad had his own construction company um but he retired when I was probably right around 18 and I did. I wasn't working for him. I was working for one of his buddies, doing underground work. And um, I thought maybe that's probably what I was gonna do for the rest of my life. As I was making good money at eighteen, you know, I knew the I knew the trade. Um, but then uh, it, it, during two thousand eight was during the real bad recession, and I got laid off, and a bunch of all my, all my other coworkers got laid off, and the construction work just was non-existent so I ended up going back uh to school for music for recording arts and ended up moving up to LA and that's really what uh started the whole journey for me really so that or I also when I when I was younger I wanted to be a firefighter (laughs) really oh wow yeah yeah when I was probably in junior high and stuff but that never
0: happened
1: I <laughs> hmm. got very interesting um yeah and um
0: so moving on to like, your music itself then mm-hmm. um of which of course there's so many questions you could ask but I, yeah. I want to ask you when it comes to um your music obviously you're a very skilled house producer uh-huh. um but have you ever considered, did you ever consider experimenting with different genres of of music, experimental or otherwise? Or has it always been house music's been your biggest passion? You've always wanted to make house and, and that's it.
1: No, definitely. Um, like I said, I started out making hip hop uh, productions, like instrumental beats, um, big influence, growing up was uh, like ninth wonder Dilla and like all that sample based hip hop kind of boom bap MPC stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I always have a love for that. Um, When I get bored of making house music, I'll go make some hip hop beats and stuff um, just to mess around, just, just for myself, really. Still
0: Still now today. Yeah.
1: Very cool. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. mm -hmm. And like, me and my friends will just rap on them for fun. Not nothing's released or anything. It's I have them in a private SoundCloud somewhere mm-hmm. and go listen to them every once in a while. But also, like, i I've made some drum and bass tracks before. Um, I started out after uh, music school. I was interning for for a while. I was interning for Ludacris' producer, and I was doing a lot of um, pop stuff as well with them um i uh yeah uh that was mainly pop and like honestly some folk music some kind of country in there but i really did not like working on that side of the music really um that's really when for me i had a whole room in a studio with all my equipment in there and i i just like clicked for me and I was like you know I don't want to do this for the rest of my life and then um I really really took house producing house music and DJing seriously from at that time so yeah I I sometimes I get bored making house music and I'll venture off and make whatever I'm feeling that day but for the most part it's mostly house music
0: (laughs) No, that's really eye-opening. Actually, like the fact that you make yeah. that as well now. Yeah, the the, the hip hop beats and yeah.
1: everything else yeah. you've experimented with. Um, yeah, really, really eye-opening.
0: Uh, it's cool.
1: Yeah, it's, it's fun. Like if you're not having fun with it, then the day it just turns into a nine to five, really. You know, that's a good point. Yeah, I never considered that. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and so the next thing I want to ask you about was um, if you think back to your first gig, um, your very first one. Uh, <laughs> what was, what was that like, um, you know, how old were you, how do you think it went, um, how, how, what's your perspective on that now,
1: how, how was that first gig for you? So, I'm trying to think of, I know it was probably pretty shitty, my very <laughs> first gig, um, I, my very, okay, well, so probably one of my very first gigs was a, a a wedding, but I don't think we want to talk about that one. <laughs> but let's say like a first actual gig. Um, my first like actual gig was at the Avalon in Hollywood. And it was during, it was at the time it was, 19 or 18 and up i believe um so you'd have to get the big x's on your wrists if you're 18 going in and it was uh for control um that that was the party name and it was like real like it was during the uh like blog house days like uh electro dirty dutch music was in and i was playing uh one of the rooms it was for gotta dance dirty um, they were a big blog then and that's when it, it was really cool i mean i was only playing for probably the room could probably only fit like 25 people in it but it was just really cool to experience like that side of the club being a dj and um you know just uh man what am i trying to get out here but yeah it's being yeah being able to i just lost my track of thought sorry (laughs) Um, but okay yeah so the avalon it was it was very cool like it's going from playing like weddings and stuff like really shitty weddings and then like some other small gigs being able to play at like a Awesome club like the Avalon was really eye opening and um, playing alongside like bigger artists on on the bill, having your name on the flyer and stuff. It, it just like kind of was a confidence booster and you know it was it was special to me, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. And when you say it's a confidence booster, I, I can I completely see what you mean. Um, but did you were you nervous before your first? game? Oh, yeah, or,
1: yeah, <laughs> definitely definitely was nervous um but during that time i had buddies that i was djing with a lot of back to back and stuff so it was like kind of we're all bringing each other up together so that was yeah. really cool yeah yeah no, i can imagine that's yeah i think that whole
0: back-to-back element must definitely uh, yeah help boost your confidence as well yeah i can imagine definitely
1: yeah, yeah. Definitely. and i'm from and where i grew up i grew up in san diego and i was like kind of the outskirts of san diego north north county so we didn't really have like, if you wanted to go to a big club, you'd have to go down south like an hour to San Diego. And I wouldn't go down there that much. And plus most of the clubs were 21 and up there. So going up to LA to one of these big clubs in Hollywood for the first time and being able to play at it at 18 years old, like a brand new DJ was was really cool. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, yeah, now I can imagine definitely. Um, yeah. So thank you
0: for that. Um, Yeah, of course. And and the next thing I wanted to ask you about was a pretty big question. Um, I'm sure there's a few different things that come to mind. But so far in your career as a musician, what would you say has been your proudest achievement if you had to try and narrow it down?
1: Definitely one of them would be starting... um, my record label that I co-own with Lubelski, Percomaniacs. Um, I've always wanted an outlet to put out my own music whenever I wanted, and also being able to curate a label and like a sound that kind of follows the label by picking and choosing up-and-coming artists and some of our favorite artists, having them remix our tracks and tracks we sign. That's been a really big goal of mine and also just um you know i i worked with uh, jamie jones for a while for a couple five years or so when he lived in la i was managing his studio um here and uh i got to pick his brain a lot and he, i would always ask him and be like oh so i noticed you only release um on hot creations you don't do much much else on other labels like yeah because like I want full control of my releases and stuff and I really took that to thought and I was like hmm well that's a really good idea coming from one of the biggest DJs and inspirational DJs for me at least and uh, so me and one of my best friends got together and started our own label and basically that's been a huge goal of mine Mm -hmm. and for him as well so that's yeah that's probably one of the best Things that come out of my DJ career, I think. No,
0: mm-hmm. that makes sense completely. I mean, it's a really admirable thing to have your own label. Yeah, um, uh, I can. Yeah, completely get everything you're saying. Um, uh, so going forward, what what would you say your biggest ambition is as an artist? Would it be something to do with the
1: label, or maybe it's a combination of things? What would you say? Yeah, probably a combination. Definitely the label. I would love to see the label throwing parties like over the states over international will be amazing but um getting there's definitely some artists we'd like to get on the label um uh, there's also some events I'd like to play some labels I'd like to release on um but yeah also maybe getting more international would be a, a big one for me as well I think that's what everyone's kind of striving for in the United States is getting over across seas, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, over to Ibiza and, you know, uh, Germany, UK as well. Mm-hmm. So that that would be, that that's a big striving goal for me as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, very cool. Yeah. And I can,
0: I, I mean, with what you're saying about the international ambitions as well, um, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that that's something that i'm sure would resonate with with producers all over the place exactly. you know and, and and you know i'm sure if you ask a lot, a lot of uk or german producers i'm sure they'd say the same the other way around right they'd be like oh I'd exactly love yeah no it makes sense completely But that's,
1: that's what it's all about the love of music and traveling really if mm-hmm. if you don't mm-hmm. love traveling getting into djing like i don't know that's <laughs> yeah, probably not the right
0: career for you exactly. <laughs> um um so next thing I want to ask you about so moving on to um Desert Hearts yeah um uh so so what's it like being a part of the of the Desert Hearts um family because reading up on it myself it just it just seems so <laughs> cool so I yeah. mean what's, so what's it like being a part of
1: that Desert Hearts family well you said it best it's it's a family uh <laughs> um there's ups and downs but mostly ups it's just uh they're all my best friends so it's it's like you know a bunch of brothers hanging out basically um and it's there's a lot of a lot of fun to be had a lot of debauchery (laughs) (laughs) um but definitely I owe a lot to them for opening my eyes to um, like the whole burner culture and stuff. Um, if it wasn't for like Mikey and Porky and Lee uh, showing me before this was even before like desert hearts really was really big or like even had their first party. Um, they would take us to all the um, regional burn burn parties that were like close to us and um just really show us the whole burning man culture um the parties that they throw are just it's all about the more you put in the more you get out you know it's not really just all right we're throwing this party and we're just gonna you know do the bare minimum uh we're just making money really they really put their heart and soul into every party that they throw and you know it's just they, they really care about their fans um it's it's basically you know like it sounds cheesy but it's all about the love you know mm-hmm. that uh, that they put out there um but yeah that, I, nothing but good things about them and um been releasing on them ever since the label ever since the labels came out um and i plan on releasing with them forever Basically amazing yeah
0: and 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 when it comes to the festival the desert hearts uh festival um again seems equally incredible uh what 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 do you think it is that sets it apart from other festivals because
1: it seems quite unique uh, it is it is very unique um i think what it is there are festivals that are pretty close to it, like lightning in a bottle and um uh, shambhala and stuff but uh which sets sets them apart is definitely the they were one of the first kind i hate to say it but like bring the burning man culture kind of i wouldn't say mainstream but um more more accessible to Mm -hmm. people that that uh are afraid to go to burning man maybe or just don't have the money to go to burning man because it, it's that takes a lot so i think that's really what sets it apart is they really embrace the burning man ethics um and make it assess accessible to to just more the average festival goer i'd mm-hmm. say
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah yeah no, that makes sense
0: actually definitely um and so the next thing I was to ask ask you about was the um, I wanted to ask a bit about the the West Coast and LA house and techno scene. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to the scene there, how how do you think it differs from from other electronic scenes across the country in terms of you know what the vibes like, what the clubs are like? Do you think it's do you think it's a bit different to, to other house
1: and techno kind of clubs across the country, scenes across the country or? a little bit. Um, yeah. When I was living in downtown um, downtown LA, most of the parties we would go to were just all underground warehouse, like illegal legal raves and stuff. and it doesn't really get much better than that because the music never shuts off, you know, and you have a lot more freedom. You can go from warehouse to warehouse. <laughs> So there's a lot of that, and most of the other markets I've been to, um, I haven't really seen it as as crazy as LA does it, but New York is pretty close. Um, but the the music scene here is it, it's always been really good. Um, the clubs, some of my favorite clubs are here. Um, but I would say it's it's definitely one of the best. <clears throat> it we recently we've had a lot of people move out of here. A lot of people move to Florida and New York, so it has died down a little bit. And also the whole COVID thing kind of just shook everything up a bit. And I'm sure it's the same around all over the country and maybe even where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's always been. I've always loved it. It's always been my favorite to come back to after being on tour or something, playing in L.A. It's the vibe here is always Pardon on you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Cool. Um,
0: and when it comes to like reflecting back on the past year um, of all the festivals and club events that you went to, do you have a do you have a favorite of, of all the ones you went to or is this it a bit hard? year? Yeah, of last year, do you have a favorite
1: festival of all of all the ones you went to? Um, let me see. Oh, well, I did a lot of, uh, I did two or was it three? I did three, two, two Insomniac parties um, and playing for them, it was really cool. I played Nocturnal and Beyond Wonderland and it was just cool to be a part of like that huge mega production. Um, and you know, just like getting your own trailer and stuff, which was really cool. Um, but probably Beyond Wonderland was probably one my favorite this year. I I didn't play too many huge festivals this year because of the whole COVID thing, but from this past year, Beyond Wonderland was my favorite. Um, it was it's just cool, like being at that. Giant, giant rave, basically. But there's so much different music out there. There's the dubstep, uh fucking drum and bass, house music, EDM, all that. But like, seeing every if you play to that mass of people, you know, you're definitely gonna gain new fans and open up other people to new genres, which is really cool. Um, so yeah, that was probably Nocturnal was probably my favorite event that I played last year. Mm-hmm. For sure. Very cool. And and
0: do you have a favorite uh, out of all the DJs you saw perform last year? Yeah. Is there is there one particular performance or set that really stands out to you? I'm sure you've uh, seen tons of amazing. Yeah. In twelve months, but
1: there's got to be. Um... I mean, Jamie Jones is always great. Um uh, mm-hmm. we saw him at space, he was really good. Um another one was um Honey Dijon was really sick. Oh saw her at, at Space, Miami, and like literally every track, just <laughs> so good, and her DJ skills are amazing. Like it was it blew me away i was just just sitting there just like i'm not leaving at all and <laughs> definitely one of my favorite sets that i've i've ever heard for sure so probably honey did was really good
0: you know there's my eyes lit up straight away because me and all my friends we've all said this it's it's we are dying to see her live for sure he really have just you not baby. seen her yet not yet, no, not. Haven't had the chance. Haven't had the chance. We're keeping our eyes peeled for next time she's in London because, like, I mean, like you said, it's just like the the videos on YouTube of her yeah, are just like
1: mind blowing, just insane. insane. Yeah. Like the shit she was doing on the decks, like I couldn't even comprehend. I was like, whoa, like just like catching these crazy loops and stuff. Like it was, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was definitely mind blowing for sure. Mm-hmm. Um i, I one that i'd really like to see though i'm really into live shit and like i'm i've put together a live set I just haven't brought it on the road but i really want to see matthew johnson live one of these days um so that's hope that's just hopefully that happens one of these days <laughs> but yeah no, i know
0: i'd yeah. agree actually as well another big master for sure yeah definitely yeah um, Amazing, thank you so much for um, yeah, that insight. Um, so one more question I wanna ask you before we move on to the next okay. uh, next section of things is about whether you can name a track um, that was particularly influential
1: in your journey in dance music. Um, there might be a few, but. Okay, so yeah, um, definitely Milo, Drop the Pressure is definitely like, <laughs> such a classic track and it was one of when I first got got into DJing it was one of the first tracks that I heard that uh, it was like real classic and wasn't too like abrasive because the stuff that I first started listening to and getting into was pretty much like was Dutch house kind of stuff like you said kind of EDM Um, But I heard Mila drop the pressure and I was like, wow, this is really cool. And it was an old ass track. And that really got me into more classic house in a way. And from where I started DJing, that really kind of shifted my genre more into just straight house and then more kind of classic house. Um, And then now today I found uh, an edit of Milo, Drop the Pressure, um, but it's, it's versus, it's Milo, Drop the Pressure, uh, Dr. Groove versus Dr. Groove. And it's literally been one of my favorite tracks I've been playing this year. I'll play it like at the end of my tracks. And it's just a sick mashup between Drop the Pressure and the other track, Dr. Pre- uh, Dr. Pressure, I think. And um, it's kind of like this disco meets classic house so I'd say that's probably one of my most influential tracks throughout my whole career. It's just really kind of shaped the way my music, the music I play, I guess, and I would like to produce. So yeah, probably probably that track. You no, know, it but sounds have, amazing. Uh, yeah. i have to check it out for sure afterwards. Yeah, I could, I could send you it. I could send you the, the, the mashup as well. Like, it's, it's just definitely one of my favorites. I'll email it to you.
0: Yeah, thank you. No, I'd love to hear it for sure. Um, So uh, what we're going to move on to just before the end is the uh, speed round, um, which is a bit of fun. Um, It's about 10 questions. um, And the idea is you just answer them as soon as possible without giving them too much thought, basically. First thing that Um, pops into your head, basically. First thing that pops into your head, that's what you tell me. Yeah, that's the idea. Okay. Um, so let's get started. Um, start off with Elvis or the Beatles? Uh, the Beatles. Beatles. Uh, hardcore techno
1: or classical music? Oh, hardcore techno. <laughs> uh, Logic or Ableton? Ableton. Even though I started with Logic, but Ableton. Okay yeah yeah um snowboarding or surfing Ooh, that's a tough one man Mm. i guess i have to go surfing Mm. i didn't grow up on a mountain (laughs) i'm hoping to throw you with that one i was like (laughs) yeah yeah that one that one's really hard yeah
0: (laughs) um so uh would you rather never be able to go out during the day or never be able to go out during uh the
1: night never i wouldn't i'd rather not go out during the day okay yeah actually i don't know that's kind of that's a tough one man but Um, i guess you know what no i'd have to flip that i'm more of a night owl okay i could sleep all day and then go out at night
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's no true that would work
1: yeah Um, yeah uh next
0: one some of these are going to get quite silly. Um, do it. I love them. <laughs> would you rather have a child every year, uh, uh, for 20 years, <laughs> or never have any children at all? Oh, man.
1: <laughs> that is hilarious. Let's, let's go with a child every year. <laughs> for 20 years? <laughs> sure. You know what? Let's do it. Why not? Bring them on tour. There you go. Yeah, exactly. I could have a whole team there, you know? <laughs> Turn one into an agent, manager, tour manager. <laughs> yeah, true. <We're> good. <laughs> and then, and my wife could have some, uh, some a team behind her too. Yeah,
0: true. There you go. Um, would you rather have to wear every shirt inside out or every pair of pants backward? Ooh, shirt inside out. That's easy. Okay. Um, would you rather be alone all your life or surrounded by really annoying people? Alone all my life. <laughs> yeah. um would you rather be the funniest person in the room or the smartest person in the room hmm. funniest uh, <laughs> and finally would you rather be able to speak any language or be able to communicate with animals speak any language okay very cool mm-hmm. um well, thank you so much. All uh, right. I really enjoyed this. It's been brilliant. I did um, too, man. I just wanted to ask you before you headed off if you've got anything um, you want to share with,
1: with viewers. Um well, the the label Percomaniacs, we got a bunch of other releases. I got a release coming up as well um, this spring. So keep your eyes out there. Um also Desert Hearts uh is April end of april something around there (laughs) but it's it's been two years since we've done desert hearts so that's uh that's gonna be really awesome i'd like to plug that um and yeah just keep your eyes out for some of my shows coming up uh this spring yeah amazing well thank you so much thank you man it's been been really great